0: Police One Academy is leading the way in high-quality, affordable training for officers nationwide. Your department can take advantage of more than 1,000 HD videos and 175 full-length courses in a robust learning management system. Training is certified or accepted for training credit in 35 states. Join the industry's most officer-friendly learning platform with more than 60,000 subscribers. To schedule a free demo, go to policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Thank you for clicking and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this
1: is Jim Dudley.
0: Jim, you know, in 1968, the Supreme Court ruled in Terry v. Ohio famously that a person's Fourth Amendment rights are not violated when a police officer stops his subjects, frisks them, as long as the officer has a reasonable suspicion that the person has committed or is committing or may commit a crime and has a reasonable belief that that person may be armed and dangerous. That's a... Tried and true officer safety. Um, it's an important tactic to ensure that the subject and the officer both, you know, survive the the, the, the contact. Sure. Um, and and it's reasonable. It's absolutely reasonable. Unfortunately, in some places, um, stop and frisk became, which was a Terry stop. Yeah. Um, Became kind of standard operating procedure for all contacts, uh, and, and targeted
1: practically. Yeah, it, it, it morphed into
0: something that isn't a Terry stop
1: anymore. Right, 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 yeah, and you know Terry is very valuable for policing. I mean, we've talked about it on the show several times now because it, it is one of those reliable Supreme Court rulings that say if you do this, you can do this, and and officers are pretty. Uh, Diligent, They're pretty good about sticking to the confines of Terry. And that is that you have to articulate your reason for the stop, Uh, whether it's based on behavior, observations, um, furtive movements and things like that. So here I I just made the mistake myself of saying furtive movements. To me, that's like one of those. um, uh, He had the gun on his person, whatever the heck that means. Right. So. Terry, Terry v. Ohio, uh, Officer McFadden in Cleveland uh, set the standard for us because he did it so well. With, you know, veteran who was able to articulate um, the observations that he made prior to the stop. And I think with all good intentions, um, you know, New York had to do something in the in the 1990s about the homicides. The I think 6,000 homicides mm-hmm. one year. And so something had to be done. At some point, I think Terry was the answer uh, that guns were almost uh, the number one weapon of choice in these homicides, Mm -hmm. and these shootings. And um, officers were trained on behaviors and bulges and things to look out for.
0: The printed weapon and all of that.
1: Right. So um, I, I think one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this topic is not so much just about Terry or not just about stop and frisk, but about all of the reports or cards that, that police are likely to fill out over the course of their duty. And the, the NYPD came out with a form for stop and frisks. And on both sides of the card, I think there are a couple of dozen check boxes. And we've seen those kinds of forms for DUI arrests. We've seen them for uh, field identification cards and other such forms where I get the idea. We want the officer to be efficient. We want them to be expedient. We want them to be consistent in their observations. But there's not a lot of leeway for officers to put down their own unique observations, something that's out of the ordinary. On those stop and frisk cards, you have maybe two very small lines where the officer can put in something unique. And I think it's really important, especially with Terry, to be able for, for that officer to be able to say everything about this particular stop. The devil is in the details, right? So one of the uh, judge shinling who ruled against um, nypd and, and and ruled stop and frisk unconstitutional made remarks that that alluded to the fact that stop and frisk was no longer uh no longer resembled terry v ohio mm-hmm. that somewhere along the way all of those articulated um, items were lost And that um, she pointed out that a lot of the stops made for bulges in individuals' uh, pants happen to be a wallet or a cell phone. Um, And so uh, the criticism there is criticism I've seen on FI cards and on the DUI stops or on a traffic citation where a judge or a traffic judge will um, listen to the defense and say, how do you know if you stopped 20 cars last week, gave out 15 citations, how do you remember this particular stop? And so that's why I would urge uh, officers out there that are pulling people over, they are writing FI cards, they are filling out these forms, that they do take the time to write in something that's unique to your encounter. It might be uh, rather than check the disheveled clothing box, say something like the individual had obvious signs of uh, a urine stain down the front of their pants, or mustard across their shirt, or he's wearing a necktie around his forehead like a like a headdress, um, or or they've said something uh, you and you write it in quotes on your ticket or on your fi card like. Uh, I'll beat this, I drive this place 90 miles an hour every day, everybody does. Yeah. Those are really important for you to make that recall, to make that co- connection to that individual, and to testify under oath in court that you recall that, based on what you wrote.
0: And and that gets to exactly what McFadden did. <laughs> you know, He had observed the two individuals in the alleyway and around the storefront, obviously casing the joint, and he wrote that down. He articulated that he thought that they, it may be an armed robbery that may be about to happen. Yeah. And as a result of that feeling, that sense, that understanding, that experience and knowledge and training, mm-hmm. this person, if they're going to be an armed robbery, this person or both of them may be armed. Turns out both were. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so you know, it, he was able to write in rich, vivid, technicolor detail what led up to his quote, stop and frisk. Yeah. And, you know, it turns out Supreme Court said, yeah, right on, man. You did a great job. Yeah. And, and cops should do that again. You know, make sure to stay safe out there.
1: And it's withstood the test of time, 60 plus years. And it's it's still around. Yeah. So it's, it's held up to the scrutiny of the court. And uh, we need to be as diligent and stick to the standards of Terry.
0: Now, one last thing is, um, you know, as we've seen in some places um where we advocate that stop and frisk um the the true terry stop and frisk not the quote stop and frisk that became this kind of broad brush i'm going to stop you for bloody anything Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um that um that that's a useful tool not only making sure the officer in the encounter is safe but also apprehending criminals you know who are illegally possessing you know firearms or other things you know find drugs find all kinds of other stuff yeah um but at the same time, we're seeing in America, in certain places anyway, this depolicing. You know, we've 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 talked about it before, where it's there's officers who are far less likely to uh, initiate proactive contact because they don't want to get into a beef, they don't want to, you know, they don't want something like a Ferguson to happen to them. Right. Um. And so, how do how do we square those? I mean, those those true. Terry V. Ohio stops with articulatable, you know, reasons for the stop at yeah. risk. frisk. Um, do you think we're going to be seeing less of those, even as a re- as regards to, you know, various neighborhoods across the country because of this, you know, this notion that I'd really rather not do proactive police work?
1: You know, it, it may be totally anecdotal, but I believe that the, the corner has been turned. I think you... You see that uh, cops uh, aren't under, and, and I, maybe we're gonna get a lot of calls or, or emails on this one, but but um, you know we've seen the backlash of um, you know these sort of frivolous prosecutions of police officers when it wasn't warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, that you yes. know some some prosecutors have seen these things um, uh, kick up in their face when when they actually compare. These specific incidents to Supreme Court ruling or state law that says the officers were within their rights. I don't think anybody's pushing it too pushing it too hard to go on the fringes to see how far a prosecution will go, um, because there aren't really a lot of consequences against the, the prosecutors if if the the case doesn't go if the judge throws it out. But um, I think in in Baltimore we certainly saw uh officers that were charged without um uh, any sort of uh, evidence against them and uh, we saw what happened there every one of them uh were either uh thrown out by the judge or uh found to be innocent found to be innocent they were yeah. acquitted yeah. so so i think i think that was a, an important milestone um i think the truth about ferguson came out i think you still still here are people who refused to um, recognize the forensic evidence that proved the officer's version of what happened? Uh, indeed, is what happened, and the forensic evidence showed blood spatter, DNA, and and um, you know powder marks and, and and other things that showed certainly it, it, the struggle took place in the yeah. officer's car, and that that the DNA was on the weapon, as I believe.
0: Yeah, it was, and you know the, I mean, even to the the, the uh, autopsy report, you know, the, the entry wounds indicated that Michael Brown was in fact charging um, the officer, and and uh, you know all of that. But you know, I'm, I'm thinking that as we look at you know the notion of tr- trying to, to your point, have rich, vivid, technicolor detail on these you know, field interview cards, or whatever form you're filling out, mm-hmm. um, I think that really speaks to the need that we need new forms. Yeah, you know, I mean, just, you just there's no room to write that stuff or, unless you get out a you know a, a three by five card and then attach it to your FI card, right? You know, I mean, yeah, it, there's got to be
1: room for 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 comments, anecdotal uh, comments, and descriptions. I, I agree. Yeah,
0: um, really interesting topic. And if you are listening to the podcast and you have a topic that you'd like for us to discuss, you could uh, leave a comment in the comments field or send us an email at policingmatters at policeone.com.